Fuel, the podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership within the automotive industry. Fuel is bringing you the latest in proven strategies and techniques that can take your service department to the next level. Hey, welcome back to the Fuel Podcast. You got Alex Keith here, and I've got my special guest, Mr. William McCurry from the Del Grand Dealer Group. Yes, sir. How many stores you got now? Uh, we have 17 stores. Yeah, we're coming to you live from NADA in Las Vegas. 2024 a lot of fun stuff going on it's like a circus out there man yes it is it, it is quite the uh, quite the show so how many times you've been to the NADA oh I, this is probably f- the sixth or seventh time I've been anything change any new stuff that you've seen change over the years um not really I mean again there's a lot of good people out here a lot of good products I, I think it's a good chance when you're in the office like you don't get a chance to touch and feel it and so like when you get to go out and you know, like one of the things, you know, you're looking at like some of the AI technologies and you're able to meet with those people. And it's just, it's a different, uh, it's, it's a different vibe when you're able to, you know, get the touch and feel and kind of look at it in a demo. I think, you know, COVID got us all trained to, to deal with Zoom and, 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 and Teams, but being able to do things live and in person are great. And then, you know, the bigger stuff like, you know, looking at, uh, at like UVI, like they have the full setup there that you can see that you can't see on a zoom meeting and so yeah. being able to see it you know live and in person is great that's fantastic i mean like so like jumping into that i mean how big do you think ai is going to be in 2024 um i think uh, i think it's probably still a year or two away before it gets widespread adoption um but i think again you know we're we're based in silicon valley is where we are and so you know we've got google and apple and adobe in our backyards um and i think for me i've always felt like the better that you can embrace new technology and get in front of it, the better you're going to be to serve not only your customers, but just your employees as well. Yeah. Because there's a ton of benefit, uh, you know, behind it. And so it's something that I started, you know, probably mid last year kind of looking into um, and and how it can help us grow our business, how it can really make um, our team's jobs easier, which then gives us more time to engage and interact with our guests. That's fantastic. I mean, so over, I mean, you got a lot of stores you got to look at. So how do you manage that? And what are some of the things you've like either evolved or changed? And what are you currently doing to like to keep a pulse on everybody in aspect of saying, hey, I got to get in front of this technology and make it better for my team. But what are some things that you're doing at your level that keeps a pulse on all of your stores? I mean, I think I think there's two things. One, I, I think our structure um, in our organization, like I have a director of service, Randy Sorrentino, under me, who's amazing. So he's kind of the boots on the ground for me. He goes out to the stores every day, um, and it gives me the ability to have more of that 10,000-foot view because it's hard to be boots on the ground and, uh, and be the 10,000-foot view. And then the other thing I would say is just you, you get aligned with the right partners mm-hmm. that, that help make your job easier. Um, and you guys are a prime example of that. Dynatron has been uh, great. Obviously, I sit on your guys' advisory board. Um, and so the relationships and the connections that you make through that not only help you to be on the pulse of new things that are coming out that you and Les and the team are really good about bringing to us. And we tend to get to see it first. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's great. But I also think that when you get a group of like-minded dealers together that are trying, 
you know, different things. So, you know, there's several guys that I've met through uh, Dynatron and also, you know, other connections that, that you're able to bounce ideas off of each other. You know, the truth is, is there's very little earth shattering new stuff yeah, that comes right, out yeah. per se. But I, I think the, the having those relationships and being able to, you know, get that real world experience and advice, you know, either directly yourself that you can then share with others or have that reciprocated, you know, another, another dealer may have tried something that we're looking at. And so you get real time feedback um, and that's invaluable. And then the third thing that I would say is um, we have a full-time CTO in our organization that we've custom built. Uh, it's called DGDG Dash. And so it's our dashboard. That's cool. It gives us a snapshot of pretty much every aspect of our business. It's web-based. It takes everything out of CDK, merges it into one nice, pretty platform that you can see anything in a moment, where we're at to budget, where we're tracking against this, how we're doing against those things. And so I think for me, that's super helpful because then at a quick glance, you can see where things are trending in the right direction. And, you know, you want to keep doing more of the same. And when things are maybe trending, you know, in the wrong direction and you can adjust and adapt uh, quickly, uh, you know, and the way I look at it is it's like you want to be looking at things, you know, as the month goes along. Um, I'm a huge football fan. Go Niners. <laughs> um, and uh, and so, you know, like when when you see things again, like last week's game. Yeah. Like it was two different games. Oh, completely. And so I think, you know, for us, that's something that we have to be doing as well. Like, you know, we have to be able to make mid-month adjustments. Okay, something didn't go right in the first half of the month, but we need to find a way to make a win, <laughs> you know, come the end of the month in, in different things that we're doing. And I think the other thing, too, is just to be patient with things because, you know, again, you know, you, you, want, you want to make sure that you're living to fight another day. You don't want to make hard rights, hard lefts. Um, but, I, you know, I think from a... A fixed op standpoint, it's an insanely exciting time to be in the business. I've always said when, when the economy isn't as great and interest rates goes up, money comes in by the truckload and fixed <laughs> yeah. uh, because everybody's got to fix their cars. Yeah, I mean, they got to get somewhere. They do. <laughs> but, I mean, one of the things I like what you said there is like, you know, being patient. And uh, one of my mentors in our coaching group, I'm sure you may know who he is, Donnie McClam. Yes, Donnie is our coach. <laughs> Donnie is something else, and I love him to death. Um, but he talks about this isn't a sprint, guys. It's a marathon. You Absolutely. Know? So take your time, understand your pace, you know, and sometimes you can increase your pace. And sometimes you got to back it back down, and, and you got to have that. Now, how valuable do you think that data, right, if you, if you have the data in a partnership we have or anybody's data, the DMS and that kind of stuff, how important is that data? And what would you say to somebody that's over stores like you are at a 10,000 foot view or even just a service manager, how would you explain to them the importance of data? I mean, ultimately, I think data, people are obviously number one. Your people and what you can do for them is number one. But, but you know, if it's 1A, data, in my opinion, is 1B. Mm -hmm. Because the data is how you are able to get a pulse on if what you're doing currently is working and how you can refine it, if what you're doing is not working, you know, where do you, you know, where do you make the adjustments? Um, and I think, you know, again, when, when you have, again, with a dealer group our size, I obviously have the spread of all of our stores yeah. that we can look at. But, you know, but then you get, you know, virtual performance groups and you get the data where we can compare it against a mixed group and you can kind of see 
you know, where people are doing, where adjustments are, are, are being made. And, and I think, you know, again, ultimately it's the data is the recipe to the meal. Right. You know, if, if you have the data, you know, maybe you can, you can, you know, you can spice it up a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but, but the data to me is the recipe for success. And if you don't have that, and if it's not accurate, or if you, or if you or your managers don't have a great understanding of what the data means, then, you know, it's kind of like a, a recipe that's in a different language that you don't understand. So, you know, to, to, to give Donnie a little bit more kudos, Donnie has been invaluable uh, to our organization in terms of meeting with not only the service managers and myself, but also our GMs. Because most GMs, again, come from the variable side. Correct. And so, uh, you know, again, we have 17 stores. We have one that comes from fixed and 16 that come from variable. <laughs> um, and, and I think that that's normal. Um, but I, I think, again, you know, having uh, partnerships and having people that can do that coaching and to share that knowledge, it's eye-opening to people that don't do it all day, every day. Um, and so, again, the data and then the coaching and the understanding, you know, for me is really the secret sauce of how we're successful in what we do. I mean, like, how valuable would you say that is when, you're, when your GMs are, I would say, empowered? They're empowered with, you don't have to be an expert in fixed. Just come stand down here for 15 minutes on the lane. Right? Absolutely. And let's take your variable mindset. And how can we apply that to the service lane maybe? And how do we cross co collaborate? So in, like you said, in the partnership and in kind of getting them more involved, what are some of the changes you've seen in your variable fix or your variable uh, general managers as far as their knowledge of the, and the pulse on the fixed side? You know, again, I, I think um, you hit the nail on the head is, so much of the stuff that we do in fixed, there's an equivalent in sales. You know, when we talk about uh, appointments, like they're focused on appointments and confirmations in sales. And, and, and it's sometimes it's, it's surprising, but you ask, are you doing the same thing in service? And a lot of times the answer is, well, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same logic. And so, you know, and also, you know, from menu presentation, which again, we do it in finance like clockwork. I don't know that we've always applied that same methodology to service. And so I think from the GM standpoint is giving them sort of that clarity that if you closed your eyes and you didn't know whether you were talking to variable or to fixed, you can have the identical conversations. I like that. And, and, and be successful in everything that you're trying to do because... Again, whether it's appointments, whether it's confirmations, whether it's menu presenting, whether it's, again, you know, uh, guest experience that you're focusing on, virtually all of those things overlap. And I think a lot of times, you know, th there's sort of this line in the sand where, you know, that they're not the same. Um, and, and again, uh, back to my football analogy, you know, <laughs> offenses and defense and vice versa. But, but you realize quickly that you're both playing the same game and that you're not going to be successful one without the other. If they don't sell enough cars, we don't have any business. Correct. If we don't do a good job of taking care of the customers, they don't have any future business. Um, you know, I'm an insane believer in the attic that sales sells the first one and fix sells the next 10. Because we've got to make sure that we do a good job of providing that experience so that they want to come back and buy another one and, you know, the life cycle restarts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really important to have that 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 conversation about value 
And like you said, the customer experience. Like when I'm talking to your stores and we're talking about pricing or we're talking about, you know, talking and sales penetration and things like that. Hey, you got driving the same roads they do. Why would you not ask? And why would you not want their vehicle to be in top tier um, condition? Because it's value for the store. And so I think, like you said, the, the customer experience is more paramount than probably it ever has been. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think one, I would tell you, again, as technology evolves in every aspect of our life, that has made customer expectations rise. And so you can either embrace that and, and, and elevate your game yeah. or you're going to be left behind in the dust. And then those, you know, are, are sort of your options. And so, you know, again, the better that we can embrace uh, all technologies that have the ability, you know, again, for to make our, our, our team's uh, jobs easier and more fulfilling, but also to increase that guest experience, I think is paramount about how we continue to grow. But I will also say that's not anything new either. You know, when, when I, I, I'm going to age myself a little bit, when we had to handwrite everything in service, you know, we didn't have tablets and iPads and, and snapping pictures. And so I, I just think it's a matter of, you know, if we understand again, that the goal is to provide a world-class guest experience for our customers and you embrace the change and are able to leverage the multitude of things that are out there that you can do better and not everyone is going to work for you and that's okay but finding the one that works for you and your organization and your team and your customers um you know i i i think is where the the, the rubber hits the road and where you're really able to to, to 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 do great things yeah i mean i had a conversation yesterday and one of the things that he brought up was hiring by culture like hiring into the dg dgdg culture which i have to tell you it's kind of an ongoing joke with the DGDG thing. It's like saying judiciary. You almost sound a little drunk every time you say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you know, I, 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 it, 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 I, I w- there's definitely something to, to be said for that, especially when you say it really fast. <laughs> but, say, yeah. but, you know, I, I think, you know, again, our organization culture is definitely something that is, you know, that is paramount. You know, several years ago, Sean and Kevin and, and Jeremy, uh, you know, went through with the Disney Institute um, to really uh, design our core values. And so, you know, what came out of it was, you know, our four core values are integrity, caring, performance, and efficiency in that order. Um, you know, you'll hear all of us say there's never the wrong time to do the right thing. Um, oh, that's a fantastic. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and while we are a for-profit business, we want to do it the right way and we want to make sure that we are taking care of our team. Um, you know, again, of all the accolades and all the things that we've done, you know, we, we got top workplace in the Bay area for the 13th hey, congratulations. year. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. 13th year in a row. That is, that's probably our, one of our crowning achievements. Um, and again, where we're at in the large company, we're going against the apples and the Googles and we're the only automotive space that gets this, um, award and we are insanely proud of that and we're insanely proud of our teams and you know the work that they put in day in and day out they're you know they're ultimately the ones that are that are creating that success um, but but that culture piece is super super important because just like consumers employees have choices too of where they can go to work absolutely and, and if you want to be able to recruit and retain, quality employees, it genuinely has to be a good place that people enjoy coming to work. So, I mean, it kind of rolls me into 
I mean, you got this culture going on. You got a bunch of things moving. Like, what are you seeing in 20? What's your focus in 2024? You mean all these great alkalides, all these things with your dashboard and stuff you've come out with? You know, you're on the advisory council with Dynatron, so you've got a lot of input there. But what are some of the things that you would say your group is looking at to focus on in 2024, you know, at the top? You know, I think for us, you know, again, and this, this may sound a little corny, but I think for us, the thing is just how do we continue to get incrementally better? Like 2023 was, was a banner year for us. It was the best year in fix we've ever had as an organization. We knocked the socks off of the prior year. Like we had an amazing year. And so I think for us, the big question is, is one, how, do, how does that not get stale? Correct. You know, yeah. when you're doing really, really well and everybody's doing great and everybody's pumped up, how do you keep that level of engagement and energy, you know, with your teams? And, and, and my belief is that you do that through communication. Yes. And whether it's communication of what our plan is for the year, whether it's communication, again, of the data, you know, through using Dynatron, uh, you know, and, and things of that nature to where we can make sure that we're doing a good job of communicating what our plan is, what our goal is where the areas for opportunity are, I think that's critically important, uh, you know, for us. And then the second part, you know, again, I think of that is, is where can we, where can we leverage that additional technology to, you know, to do things better? Like, you know, where do we have an improvement? And I think for us, you know, again, th again, there's things like AI mm -hmm. or, you know, like the, the UVI thing that, uh, you know, that we talked about a little bit earlier that I think that there are technology pieces that we can add that are pluses to what we're trying to do. But I also take a step back and look at it and go, okay, when we get all of this data in all of these things that we're doing, where is where do we have areas for opportunity? So are we maximizing grid utilization? Yeah. Are we maximizing menu penetration and you know, are we maximizing video MPIs? And, and, and again, in our group, you know, you can run the reports and you can see people at the top and you can see people <laughs> not at the top. And, and so, you know, I think for us, it's, it's doubling down uh, on culture first and foremost, but doubling down on the things that we have been able to do in the last couple of years that have worked out super successful with us. And how do we just elevate our game in that? So, I mean, that's, there always has to be a better way. Right. I mean, that's one of the mentalities that we consistently keep putting into the to the program is, listen, we're here. But is there anything we could have done a little bit better? Not saying we're consistently missing a spot because you're doing a great job. But let's just analyze. You know, is there anything we could have done a little bit better? Can we go a little bit further? Can we maximize a little bit better? So I think that's a huge culture part that you're going to get into with that. So, I mean, I got to ask, you know, I'm going to ask, how's the golf game? My golf game is horrible. <laughs> My golf game is horrible. I don't, I don't know if you caught the story. We were talking with um, uh, DGDG does an annual uh, invitational. Yeah. And it's a charity. And, and this last year, I think we raised 400 grand for charity. And it goes back into local charities in the Bay Area. Uh, and Kevin was at it. Uh, Kevin Smith, uh, the Dynatron president, and, and he was in my foursome. And I go to have a good time, <laughs> but I am not good at it at all. Uh, the rest of the people in our organization uh, are great at it, um, but, but I am the odd man out. I am not very good at it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I end up chewing up more of the, of the fairway than I probably am actually hitting the ball. Um, if I'm going to play, we're definitely playing scramble and – 
I, I think I lose more more balls than I probably hit. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so my golf game is not good. But, you know, I, 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 again, for me, um, a little bit of laughter and humility goes a long way, I think. Um, and, you know, getting out there again, you know, th- that specific event is all for charity. And so we have a great time. And so if I can go out there and, 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 and have a little fun and have a little humor in it, uh, it, it's a, it was a great time. Swing, swing and connect. Yeah, that's that's a struggle too sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, we <laughs> that's a struggle too at times. Uh, we were just talking with Les about that. Kevin and I were before I came in here with you. Um, uh, there, there's a gentleman Kelly James that that raps, and so he does like a little bit of research on everybody, so he knows where you go to school, who you work for, and so he's rapping as you're getting ready to go swing at this par three hole that you know <laughs> it's one of the hole in ones. I missed the ball three times in the initial swing. He's mocking me the entire time. I picked up the ball and said, I've had enough. Somebody else hit. I'll go hit your ball when it gets close to the green. And, but, you know, but the funny part about it is, is that we had such a good time and everybody got such a kick out of it. And even the rapper was, was having a little bit, a little too much fun at my expense. But, but I'm a good sport, so... That's fantastic. Well, as we start to like wrap up this this episode and everything, I always like to give my guests like the final say. Like, what is something you would like to leave? Either like, hey, advice. This is what you need to do, or this is some of the struggles, or something that you know you want to bring up to the to the uh, to the listeners of like, hey, be looking out for this. You know, I, I I think the biggest thing that I would probably say that for me as I've moved through my career that I've gotten better at is about being open-minded to the change. I, I, I think all of us, by nature, are creatures of habit, and we get into our way of doing things because it works, mm-hmm. and that's great. But if you're not, you have to be almost overly open-minded, and you can't be afraid to fail. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things, you know, that I will say is, is, is that, you know, I would rather do something and it be the wrong decision, but we tried it, then do nothing and, and, and stagnate because it's hard to get out of a rut when you get in one. So you always want to keep moving. You always want to be open-minded to the data and the different products. And it doesn't mean that you're going to do everything. But I think for me, you know, the biggest piece of advice that I could give to anybody is be open-minded to the possibility that there is a different way that might give you a little bit of a better result. And it's not, again good, bad, yes, no. It's, you know, how do we take it to the next level? How do we get an extra two, three, you know, 4%? Because again, in a group like ours, when you multiply that small percentage times the number of days, times the number of yes. months, times the number of stores, there's a lot of zeros at the end of that. <laughs> it's impressive. Um, if, if you, if you know, if you do it right. And so I think, again, just being open-minded to things. I, I you know, unfortunately you meet a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of great people, um, but you also meet a lot of people that are very, very set in their ways. Um, and, and, and I was one of those people, uh, you know, years back that you just, you know how to do it. It's working. So why change it? But, you know, this business is ever evolving again, whether it's technology, the transitions to EVs, I think, you know, again, in California, I think 50% of all of the EVs in the country that are sold are sold in California. (laughs) Um, you know, the Midwest doesn't have that, uh, that change just yet. 
Um, and so I think, again, being open-minded to those things and how you can continue to grow and get better, I think is critically important for anybody's success moving forward. That's awesome. Well, brother, I want to thank you so much, My not pleasure. just for coming on the show today, but with the partnership that we have between your stores and Dynatron. And it's going to wrap up this episode of the Fuel Podcast. William, thank you again, brother. My and pleasure. Hopefully have you. you back on, right? Yes, sir. Anytime. <laughs> All righty. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining another episode of the Fuel Podcast. Always be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to be notified when new episodes are being dropped. And click the link below to review any of the show notes for additional information. Or you can email the Fuel Podcast with the link as we encourage any feedback or any questions or comments from our listeners. Until next time, I'm your host, Alex Keyes, with the Fuel Podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership. Mm-hmm.